You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. And welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. I am your horror host, Wes Deadairnipe. First up, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter for the use of our intro and outro music, and also Chris Begarn for helping us out with all his wonderful art. If you're just joining us, we are on part four of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We are chest deep almost in over our heads with our Archie Palooza. After wrapping up Afterlife with Archie, we went one town over to Greendale and hung out with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. In the last issue, Sabrina had started her sweet 16th birthday party, which really was a satanic baptism where she was going to write her name in the devil's black book, thus swearing herself to Satan for the rest of her existence which also gives her access to all her witchy powers. But not before, thanks to a little meddling by Madam Satan, her boyfriend Harvey Kinkle shows up. Don't have a lot of chit-chat, just want to get right into it. So, here we go. I bring you The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Chapter 4. Harvey Horrors. Written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Art. Robert Hack. Letters, Jack Morelli. Publisher, John Goldwater. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it is actually raining quite hard outside, so if any of that picks up in the background, sorry about that. It just adds to the atmosphere. Establishing shot, Harvey Kinkle running through the Greendale woods. It's night. He looks scared. Caption, once again, it's midnight, the witching hour. And Harvey Kinkle is running through the woods, being chased by something as old as the woods themselves. Close up, Harvey, peeking out from behind a tree. He's panting heavily, still trying to make sense of what he saw. Those women, that goat thing, and Sabrina, his Sabrina, telling him, cut back to Sabrina Spellman, her face covered in the blood of the black goat she decapitated in the previous issue. Sabrina. Harvey, they'll kill you. Run. Caption. And something in her voice. A spell gave him no choice. Mind you, Harvey Kinkle is young. He's strong. He's fast. Already there's been talk of him going to college on a football scholarship. Tonight, though, it won't matter. Tonight, if you are the kind of person who prays, pray for Harvey Kinkle. A panel of the coven of witches that were with Sabrina while she was about to perform the ritual. They've all transformed into beast-like creatures. They look like ghouls, sagging pale skin, elongating disproportioned mouths full of fangs. 
tongues hanging out, dripping blood. Pointy years. Flashback. Harvey, as a young boy. Strangely, this isn't the first time Harvey found himself running through the Greendale woods to beat the devil. Harvey sitting in the lunchroom of his school, talking with friends. He is 11 years old, in the 6th grade, when his best pal, Ben Walker, tells him about some magazines he found in the woods. Ben. Seriously, they're like this big! He motions with his hands to indicate the size. Thick, heavy breasts. The young Harvey. You're so full of crap, Ben. Cut to Harvey, kneeling down next to a fallen tree. He reaches into the hollowed-out stump. How Ben found these magazines, Harvey has no idea. But he's curious enough to go see for himself. And a shot of some adult magazines. You got one called Spicy, and you got another one called Foxhole. And shockingly, they are there. Harvey. Holy shit! Harvey recognizes the titles. Cut to Harvey in a general store, buying some comic books and candy bars. Caption. The narration continues. They were the magazines Mr. G kept behind the counter of his drugstore, away from the comic books and candy bars. Mr. G. Thirty-five cents. And no. Boy, chick, you must be over eighteen. Harvey, looking bored while his father gets a haircut in a barbershop. The magazines... Harvey wasn't allowed to flip through at Camilo's barbershop, though his dad did. Harvey's father. Don't even think about it, Buster. The barber. Herb, that's why I put them out. He's a boy. What do you expect? Harvey's father. Sure, Camilo. When he's older. Young Harvey, sitting cross-legged by the open stump, reaching for the stack. And here they were, someone's secret stash in the woods, ripe for the picking. I could get in so much trouble, thinks Harvey. He reaches in to pick up Foxhole. On the other hand, one peak wasn't going to kill him, was it? Now Harvey, resting against the fallen tree, is reading the magazines. From off panel, someone comes up behind him. Well, 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 what do we have here? Three toughs standing behind Harvey as he reads Foxhole. One of them kind of looks like... John Travolta from Greece, or something like that. Leather jacket, swooped hair, or maybe Happy Days. Is he like Henry Winkler or something? He's like the Fonz. The other one is a bigger dude, muscular, blonde. The other guy, skinny, redhead. Maybe it is Happy Days. Harvey. Why, I, I was just a leather jacketed greaser. You were just what? You little perv. The redhead. Wait, Billy. I know this kid. And Harvey knows them. Billy Repperton and his thugs, who spend as much time in juvie as they do high school. Billy. Hey, yeah. You're kinkle, right? Harvey's standing, still holding the magazine. Suddenly, it makes sense. Harvey's friend Ben had an older brother who ran with Billy Repperton's gang. That's how Ben knew about the magazines. For one stupid, silly moment, Harvey thinks it's going to be okay. Harvey. Yeah, I, I'm Harvey... Harvey Kinkle. Billy Repperton pulls out a switchblade. Harvey Kinkle. You're dead. Get him, guys. Harvey, still holding his treasured copy of Foxhole, 
runs through the woods, jumping over a small stream. So, 11-year-old Harvey Kinkle ran through the woods to beat the devil. The devil being Billy Rapperton and his goons. Harvey now safe in his bedroom. And that day, five years ago, he did. He made it out of the woods and into the town and into his house and up to his room, only realizing then that he was still holding one of the skin mags, which he hid in the space between his bed's headboard and the wall. Harvey would spend the next three months looking over his shoulder, terrified of crossing paths with Billy Repperton. But it never happened. Funny, isn't it? What scares you when you're younger? And how a memory long forgotten can rise unbidden and remind you that you're not a little boy anymore. Now back to the present. Teen Harvey running for his life from the coven. And that some things, some people, are worth risking everything for. Harvey. Sabrina. He'd left her. He'd left her to those creatures. What was he thinking? What kind of person does that? Doesn't matter what she said. He would go back. He would go back and he would... Off panel. Harvey. In a clearing. Sabrina, still in her white dress. That red scarf wrapped around her shoulders and arms. But now, she's no longer covered in blood. Sabrina. What are you doing? Why aren't you running? Close up of Harvey. Sabrina. Oh my god, I... I was... Close up of Sabrina. You were going back for me, weren't you? Of course you were. My hero. My Harvey. Harvey now, getting on his knees, reaching out to Sabrina. Harvey. I'm sorry I ran. I... I was scared and I panicked and... Oh my god, Sabrina. I'm sorry. I'm... I'm so sorry. Sabrina. Shh. It's alright. It's alright now. Come to me. Come to me, Harvey. Harvey leaning back against a tree. Sabrina straddles him and leans in close. Harvey, what were those things? Sabrina, witches, Harvey. There was a plot, a ritual. I'd been promised to them. Harvey, w w witches? An isolated panel of just Sabrina's head. She's smiling. Yes, but it's all right now. You distracted them. I slipped away from them. And now they can't hurt us anymore. We're safe now. Harvey. We are? Because they looked. We see Sabrina standing there, behind her, the ghostly images of a woman's eyes. Shh, Harvey, listen to me. Hear what I'm saying. Kiss me, and everything will be all right. Harvey looks concerned. Something's wrong. Kiss you? Shouldn't we? Don't we have to? She's doing something with her voice. Close up of Sabrina. Her eyes wide. She has a slight smile. The entire background is black. Sabrina, don't you want to kiss me? A real grown-up kiss? Harvey, they should be running. They should be screaming for help at the top of their lungs. I... A shot of the cover of Foxhole. I guess indicating his entrancement with beautiful women. Harvey, yes. God, yes. Sabrina... A brilliant light behind her. She reaches out to Harvey, the red scarf billowing in the breeze. She says, Well, I'm here, Harvey. Just for you. The two now embrace and kiss passionately. Caption. And so, bewitched by her, he does.
a massive panel, Harvey Kinkle floating in midair. He is indeed kissing a woman, but it is one of the witches of the coven. She is a floating gray hag, black stringy hair flowing unnaturally around her, her clawed hands caressing Harvey's face. The other witches of the coven, ghostly skeletons, zombie-like women, naked, crouching, and watching. And it's like no kiss he's ever had. Are you praying yet? Meanwhile, we return to the Queen of the Sabbath. She is infuriated, her hands billowing a black energy as she attacks Sabrina with magic. She looks furious. She's still dressed like a nun, with the exception of long antlers coming out the top of her habit, and around her neck, the cross of St. Peter, Queen of the Sabbath. You stupid, selfish, mongrel half-breed. Do you realize what you've done? Sabrina, completely enthralled by hellish, thorny vines. They are twisting her up, levitating her off the ground. Sabrina's aunts stand next to her. Sabrina, what I've done? I'm trying to help. The vines hold Sabrina firm, Queen of the Sabbath, keeps her arms outstretched towards her. You've put everything at risk by bringing him here. The coven. Our sisterhood. Hilda. She didn't know. She was as surprised as any of us. You saw that, Della, plain as night. Zelda. If anything, the boy must have followed us. Queen of the Sabbath, Della points an accusing finger at the sisters. Then you were careless, which is the worst sin of all. Oh, Spellmans, you'll all face the council's wrath. Close up to Sabrina, still tied up in the thorny vines, her hand billows a brilliant yellow magic. Fine, so we'll face the council. But in the meantime, an explosive display of Sabrina's raw magical power, and she breaks the hold that Della has over her. She shouts, Let me go so I can fix this! The force of the magic and the viney shrapnel hits the Queen of the Sabbath, Della, across the face, cutting her cheek, cutting her hand. She falls back. Ah! Sabrina landing. So sorry about that. Della now, balancing herself with a hand. She's at a kneeling position. You wretched, naive creature. How do you think tonight ends? You broke witch law. You spat on the covenant. You defiled our lord's church. Sabrina, looking sorrowful, accented by the fact that crimson blood is still across her face and soaked into her hair. I'll, I'll make this right. Aunties, talk to her. Sabrina now, running through the forest. She hikes up her dress to give her legs freedom of movement. Caption. Then, it's Sabrina's turn to run through the woods to beat the devil. Wondering how. How could Harvey have known? How could he possibly have found them? Did he follow them? Because she'd pushed him away? And that made him what? Suspicious? Sabrina, running with determination, her eyes closed. No, that wasn't Harvey. He was trustful and innocent. He never would have suspected that. That. Sabrina now bracing herself against a tree. She's out of breath. She'd snuck off into the woods to sacrifice a goat, to dance with witches, to sign her name in the devil's book. Suddenly, more than anything, she wanted to vomit, to be empty of everything she'd heard and breathed and eaten in conjunction with the Sabbath. Silhouetted shot of Sabrina running through the woods, the background black, her and the trees, an amber. She chokes down the nausea, resumes her night flight. If she is lucky, if they survive, all questions will be answered, 
all decisions re-examined. Right now, though, the only thing that matters is Harvey. Finding him and getting him, getting them both out of Greendale. Ambrose would help, so would Salem. Now, in Sabrina's head, she imagines her and Harvey, much older. Sabrina, without her powers, they're on a farm. She holds a basket, a dog happily panting next to her. Harvey, dressed as a farmer, with a hoe resting on his shoulder, looks at her. The panel is also in the, in the form of a, a photo. It's like it's in a photo album. They'd go far, far away and build a house somewhere, quiet and unknown. She'd pour a circle of salt around the house and nail iron into the trees around the house and grow onions in their garden. The devil abhors the smell of onions. Sabrina, entering a clearing in the woods. No. No, no, no! Sabrina weakly calls out. H Harvey, my love? There, in the clearing, surrounded by the ghostly visages of the coven, is Harvey. He's being held in the arms of one of the witches of the coven. His bottom jaw torn completely off, and his tongue dangles lamely to the side. His eyes are open, but they look dazed, and his flesh from his chest is torn right down to the rib cage, all the way down to the center of his chest. He is as dead as they come, and the witch, this hag-like, cadaverous, nude woman, is drenched in his blood, caked around her lipless smile. She says, he was delicious. Cut back to Sabrina. In that moment, as she faints, she sees it all. What their lives would have been if she'd chosen the path of light instead of the path of night. And now we have a page dedicated to a series of Polaroids. Sabrina and Harvey at prom. They're dressed in typical 60s prom getup. Sabrina's in a red dress. She's holding a bouquet of flowers. Harvey in a horrible suit with a very frilly cummerbund and a giant bow tie. They have uh, crowns on. King and queen of the senior prom. Now Harvey with his arm draped around Sabrina. They're wearing black gowns and mortarboards. Graduating from Greendale High. Now a photo of them at their wedding. They look slightly older. On either side of the couple are Sabrina's aunts. Their wedding. Now a shot of Sabrina and Harvey in the city. Older, Sabrina now has one of those bandanas around her hair. She's holding a box. New jobs. Moving to an apartment in the city. Now Harvey and Sabrina. Sabrina lying in a bed, holding a baby. Harvey has got some giant sideburns now. This is a funny thing to imagine in the intersplit moment. She's like, and Harvey will have sideburns. Their first child, a baby girl named Diana. Now, a young family... Diana is older, they have a son as well, moving back to the country to where Sabrina and Harvey had been children themselves. In a shot of the two children, Harvey and Sabrina, looking out towards the woods of Greendale. The day that they warned their son and daughter to stay out of the Greendale woods. A close-up shot of that cadaverous old crone that killed Harvey Kinkle. It's just a tight shot of her mouth, broken misshapen teeth, no lips, no nose to speak of, that bad things happen to children in the woods. Sabrina, from the shock of her boyfriend, her love, 
having his face and chest devoured by this witch, faints. And then the moment, the lifetime, is over. A panel of complete blackness. And all that's left is sweet, merciful darkness. Sabrina now waking up in the morning. When Sabrina wakes up on the 1st of November, her immediate thought is, What an awful dream. I need to tell Harvey about it. Sabrina now sitting up in bed. Both her aunts, Hilda and Zelda, are standing there. Hilda holding Salem in her arms. But then she sees that her aunts are there in the room with her, saying that she passed out from the shock of seeing Harvey dead, they whisper. They explain that Harvey will never be found, that they will never be able to tell anyone the truth, and that they're going to have to meet with the council to plead their case. They talk and talk, but they never ask her if she's all right. Sabrina still sitting up in bed, her arms crossed over her knees. Finally, after what seems like an eternity, they stop talking, and Sabrina manages to ask, Why didn't you help me save him? Her aunts stand there silently for a moment, an entire panel in fact. Zelda, after what happened, Sabrina, someone needed to die. Our Dark Lord was denied a novitate. After such an affront, only human blood would appease him. Hilda, your aunt and I preferred that blood be Harvey's and not yours. It's awful, but there's nothing to be done about it now. Sabrina, starting to cry, looks at her aunts. She can't believe how cold her aunts are about it. But then again, Sabrina reminds herself, they are true witches. Now Sabrina sees them for what they truly are. Their human guises dropped, both hideous, cadaverous hags themselves, no lips to speak of, missing eyes, sunken, leathery, pale flesh, tufts of random hair sticking out. Zelda looks like she's had her breasts stitched back on. Zelda, you'll have to do a lot of acting over the next few days. Hilda, hope you're ready, Anne Margaret. Cut to Sabrina. She's sitting next to a phone, answering it. The first call came an hour later. It was Harvey's mother, worried that Harvey hadn't come home last night, wanting to know if Sabrina had heard from him. Sabrina, no, Mrs. Kinkle, not since I saw him at school. No, no, it's not like him. Yes, I'm sure he's all right. I'm sure he'll turn up. Now Hilda, Zelda, and Sabrina, and Salem, sitting down to dinner. Of course, by dinner time, he still hadn't. Hilda, sweet meat meatloaf, your favorite. Sabrina, I'm not hungry. Zelda, pout all you want, but it won't change anything. All you'll do is make yourself sick. Sabrina on the phone yet again. Mrs. Kinkle kept calling. By nine o'clock that night, she tried all of Harvey's friends. None of them had seen him and was hysterical, convinced something awful had happened to her son. Sabrina, we don't know anything for sure, Mrs. Kinkle. Please, ma'am, try not to worry. No, I know, but we... we have to be strong, for Harvey's sake. She felt sick to her stomach lying. Zelda, you're doing well. Keep claiming ignorance, and this charade will be over soon, Sabrina. But that, too, was a lie. Harvey would always be dead. This living hell would never end. Later, Ambrose and Sabrina. Sabrina sitting on her bed. Next to her is Salem. Ambrose wearing red pants and a purple bathrobe. There's a forgetting spell I learned one summer in Montreal. You don't forget facts. You forget the emotion attached to the facts. If you wanted, I could... Sabrina, I don't want to forget how I feel, Ambrose. 
Don't you see? That's all I have left of Harvey. Sabrina, in her room, crying into her pillow. Salem curled up next to her. That night, Sabrina didn't sleep a wink. It was like a well of cold water had been tapped inside of her. Salem stayed by her side, faithfully, as all good familiars do. Establishing shot, we have a crowd of volunteers that are forming a search party, a troop of police officers, and presumably the chief of police of Greendale with a megaphone shouting orders to the crowd. The next morning, Greendale's sheriff, Glenn Landry, organized the entire town into search parties to find Harvey. The search party looking out into the woods. We can see Rosalind and her friends, and Ambrose, Hilda, Zelda, and Sabrina are also there. It was decided that suspicions might be raised if Sabrina and her family didn't participate, so they volunteered to join the group assigned to the woods. Caption, later. We see Sabrina and Ambrose standing next to each other. Within earshot, Rosalind and her friends. Rosalind. I just wish he'd talk to me about what was wrong. Probably he was having problems with Sabrina. I mean, I know for a fact he wasn't satisfied by their physical relationship. Ambrose, levitating a clump of poison ivy in his hand. Ambrose, he's in for a grim surprise when she gets home. He clenches his fist, crushing the poison ivy. Black sludge pour from his hand. He whispers to Sabrina, I just gave her the worst case of poison ivy ever. Sabrina has a dead expression. Oh, come on, cuz. Not even a little smile. Sabrina couldn't conceive of a time when she'd ever smile again. Establishing shot. A bright yellow school bus. The bus says Riverdale. We see 1960s version of Archie, Jughead, Reggie, Dilton, and Chuck. Caption. In the afternoon, a busload of kids from the neighboring town of Riverdale arrived. They'd heard about the missing boy and wanted to help. Close-up shot of Martin, the crow, Madam Satan's familiar, sitting on a stop sign. Caption, well, most of them did anyway. Leaving the bus, 60s Betty and Veronica, which, if you may remember from the first issue of Chilling Adventures, are two witches themselves. Veronica, yuck. If I lived here, I might make myself disappear too. Betty, Ronnie, be nice. This is about us giving back. Martin flies away from the stop sign. Veronica. Truly, I thought it was about us meeting some new boys so we can make Archie jealous. Betty. Veronica, you're terrible. Veronica. Yes, deliciously so. Madam Satan now sitting out on the porch. Caption. At the boarding house. Madam Satan, or Miss Porter, if you please. They're already here. Why, Martin, it's as though I'm composing a symphony of teen terror. Oh, wait, that's right. I am. Take me to them, will you? Betty and Veronica, out on a lonely field next to a farmhouse. Caption, Betty and Veronica were assigned to the fields near Ryder's Quarry. They looked and looked, but no Harvey Kinkle. And, if anything, the boys in Greendale were less cute than the ones in Riverdale. Veronica. This was supposed to be a fun day trip. Instead, it feels an awful lot like work. Betty. Veronica, a boy's missing. Anyway, these fields are clear. Let's circle back to base camp, see if there's somewhere else we could be useful. The two women now sit on a cliff overseeing the field. Or, Betty, we could just hang out on the rocks. Take it easy. That's my vote. Betty. What time did Mr. Weatherby say we should meet back at the bus? Veronica. Six? Six-thirty? What's the matter? If we miss it, we can always hitch. 
Off-panel, Madam Satan. I wouldn't. Not in this town. We see Madam Satan now, walking up the other side of the cliff. She has a cane for stability, and she's wearing a cloak with her hood up. She says, Terrible things happen to beautiful creatures like you after dark. Hello, girls. You don't remember me, do you? Betty pauses. Should we? Veronica. Wait, are you one of those lezzies? Madam Satan. Ha! <laughs> No, I am not. Though, I'm certain that same accusation has been hurled at you two. After all, what haven't witches been called over the centuries? The two women look shocked. Betty. What, witches? Veronica. We're not witches. Close up of Madam Satan, she smiles. Why don't I show you my real face? You might recognize me then. Madam Satan, dropping her guise, her horrible cadaverous face, no lips, her eyes, two weird fetal skulls. Her fingers elongated into claws. She has a fiery, billowing swirl of black energy behind her. Now do you remember me? This, by the way, uh, the 60s Betty and Veronica were the ones that resurrected Madam Satan in the first place. Betty, y yes Veronica, don't kill us. Please? Establishing shot. The interior of the Riverdale school bus. Everyone sitting there calmly, having a good time. Mr. Weatherby looks a little bored. Betty and Veronica look terrified. Narration. Later. When the bus to Riverdale left Greendale, young witches Betty and Veronica were on it, sickened that the business they'd begun in the woods so long ago was nowhere near over. Establishing shot. Sabrina, Hilda, and Zelda sitting down to dinner. Hilda sets down a large plate of stroganoff in front of Sabrina. Caption. Later. Dinner time. Hilda. It's stroganoff, one of your favorites. Sabrina. Still aren't hungry, Aunt Hilda. You know, as long as Harvey's body is missing, the authorities will keep looking for it. Has the coven considered that possibility? Hilda. The coven has considered all possibilities, Sabrina. Sabrina, with her dinner in front of her, rests her head on her hand. But Harvey's mom and dad, they'll never know the truth. I'll never be at peace. That seems sadistic and cruel to me, even for witches. Zelda about to eat a piece of food. Trust in the coven. They've been doing this a long time. Sabrina now lying in bed, the camera overhead. She looks worried. That night, once again, Sabrina didn't sleep. She kept thinking about Harvey's parents, what they must be going through. She also kept thinking about Harvey's body. What could the coven have done with a corpse to make sure it would never be found? Sabrina, now in the morning, she's looking at her Aunt Zelda take a big bite of breakfast. Zelda, steak and eggs? One of your favorites. Sabrina's inner monologue. They couldn't have. They wouldn't have. The implication being that they ate Harvey's body. Sabrina, now at school, she's walking away from the poster of Bye Bye Birdie, Slapped across it, cancelled. At school, it came as no surprise that Bye Bye Birdie was cancelled. One of the students, bummer. Another student, well, you know what Roz has been saying? That Sabrina never would have been able to pull it off. Another one in the students, where is Rosalind anyway? In mourning? Another student, oh my god, didn't you hear? Apparently, she's so upset by all this, she broke out in hives and had to stay home. Sabrina looking at her old locker. On it, surrounded by a heart. HK plus SS. A flashback. Harvey leaning against the locker after he had just written it on. What do you think? Sabrina smirking at the graffiti. 
I think it's vandalism, and that had better be permanent marker. Harvey, it is. You and me forever, babe. Close-up shot of Sabrina, now in the present, looking painfully sad. Now Sabrina back at home, reading a book. Salem curled up sleeping next to her. Caption, that night, Sabrina skipped dinner. She stayed in her room, rereading one of her favorite books, The Little Prince. And uh, a little bit of The Little Prince that she's reading. I'll look as if I'm dead, and that won't be true. I said nothing. You understand. It's too far. I can't take this body with me. It's too heavy. I said nothing. Caption, at 9.55, we see Ambrose coming into Sabrina's room while she's reading. Sorry to interrupt the melancholia, cause, but Hilda and Zelda want you to come downstairs and watch something. We now see the family gathered around the television. Sabrina sitting on the floor, hugging her knees. Hilda resting her hand on Sabrina's head. Zelda, on the other side, sitting on the arm of the couch, is Ambrose. And next to Ambrose's feet is Salem. Caption, it was the lead story on the 10 o'clock local news. The television. Three arrests have been made in connection to the disappearance of high school student Javi Kinkle. The, the rest is all news footage. It's all in fuzzy black and white. Billy Repiton, Johnny Merrill, and Charlie Riley, three Baxter High dropouts who lived in the room above Buddy's Bar by the train tracks, were in custody on suspicion of murder. And we see the three boys, uh, men I suppose now, they were older than Harvey, so they gotta be in their 20s, getting taken away by the police. And now we see a garbage can with Harvey's letterman jacket in it. Harvey's bloody varsity jacket had been found stuffed in a trash can in the alley behind the bar. Now the three men standing there mugshot style. The suspects denied any wrongdoing, but all three hooligans had police records. Billy had threatened physical violence against Harvey years ago. Sheriff Landry was confident he'd be able to get a confession out of one or all of them by morning. Sabrina looking back from the television at her aunts. But they didn't do it. Zelda. No, but they've done terrible things, Sabrina. These scapegoats were carefully chosen by the coven. Justice. A kind of justice will be served. The boy's parents will have an answer. That should please you, I would think. Sabrina closing her eyes. It didn't. It was Harvey, not the boy. She loved him and he was gone. The next day, Billy Repperton hadn't yet confessed, but it was only a matter of time, people were saying. And we have this uh, Billy Repperton tied to a metal chair and the police just beating the living shit out of him. They have... Uh, uh, batons and one of the other police officers has like bloody fists they all have bloody fists there's four guys and he is he looks barely conscious and just blood is pouring from his face we now have sabrina and harvey's parents in the high school in the hallways in the locker bay area sabrina is opening harvey's locker for them while harvey's parents hold each other crying lunchtime mr and mrs kinkle came by to clean out harvey's locker Sabrina helped them. Afterwards, Mrs. Kinkle asked Sabrina into an empty classroom so they could talk. She was sorry they hadn't had a chance to yet. We see Mrs. Kinkle and Sabrina sitting in that empty classroom across from each other. Sabrina. It's okay, Mrs. Kinkle. You, you don't have to apologize. Sabrina's inner monologue. It's all my fault. Mrs. Kinkle, her mascara running from tears, holds out a ring to Sabrina. She says, This ring was in Harvey's dresser. 
He saved his money from mowing lawns and lifeguarding this summer to buy it. Sabrina, sitting there, one hand up to her mouth in shock. From off panel, he had it all planned out. Harvey was going to ask you to marry him on your 16th birthday. Mrs. Kinkle now, trying to force a smile. She still holds the ring out. I said you were both too young. But you know my son. He won't, wouldn't, be stopped. Said he was fine with having a long engagement. But that you were the one. Sabrina now, holding the ring, the background completely black. Her eyes closed. She looks down. Caption. And then, she's holding the ring. Sabrina. Oh, God. The two women now embrace each other warmly. And then they're hugging. And Sabrina's telling herself she must not cry. Not in front of Mrs. Kinkle. Sabrina's in her monologue. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not until she can get somewhere private. Caption. The girl's bathroom. Sabrina, in one of the stalls next to the toilet, sitting on the floor, her hands in her face, bawling her eyes out. Harvey, oh God. As she sobs, Madame Satan looks into the mirror. She sighs and says softly, All right, it's showtime. She taps on the stall and Sabrina is startled. Madame Satan, Sabrina, it's Miss Porter. I saw you come in here. I don't mean to intrude or overstep, but... A shot of Madame Satan pressed right up against the bathroom door. I know what it's like to lose someone you love. I can help you. Sabrina, looking down, her hands still on either side of her cheeks. Please, Mrs. Porter, just leave me alone. A profile shot of Mrs. Porter, Madame Satan herself. You didn't let me finish. I can help you. Bring Harvey back. Sabrina perks up, uncertain of what she just heard. But, of course, only if you're interested. And underneath that panel, next, the trial. And that is gonna do it for issue four of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. What is Madam Satan's game? I know. And you will find out next week as I give you our special Halloween edition of Panels of Blood, which will be released one day early, so we can all celebrate October 31st together. Until next time, I am your horror host, Wes Deadair Knight, now and forever, even beyond the grave. And you've been listening to Panels of Blood.